Welcome, friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence, and this is Episode 4 of the Compassionate Leader School Podcast. In business, we talk about creating a mission statement and a vision statement of identifying core values and developing guiding principles. These are all important, but whether you own the business, are leading a team of independent representatives, or managing employees, the starting point, the most fundamental piece you need to have in place, is a clear understanding of your why. You know that answer to what really drives you to do what you do. Businesses all too often default to talking about what they do. For example, they offer six flavors of each type of treat and use the freshest locally sourced ingredients. Some go further and expand on this by sharing how they do this. They tell you that there are three locations, they're open seven days a week, and they have an innovative process that's eco-friendly and are constantly creating unique flavor combinations. But few focus on why they do what they do. Not only do they not focus on and talk about their why, you'd probably be surprised by the high number of business leaders who couldn't even answer the question of why do they do what they do. Yet what research shows us is that people don't buy what you do or how you do it, they buy why you do it. And they buy why you do it because their why, their core values and deeply held beliefs align with what you and subsequently your company stand for. How we choose to spend our money merely serves as proof of what we believe. So people don't buy what you do or how you do it, they buy why you do it. Take the organic food movement as an example. People who are loyal customers of farmers who bring their products to the market every Saturday morning do so for reasons beyond the fact that the organic farmer grows tasty greens and delicious root vegetables. If you were to ask these consumers why they faithfully go to the farmer's market, where products are only available once a week during a tight window of time and often cost more than a traditional supermarket's pricing, They would talk about how they feel aligned with these farmers. They would tell you how the farmer shares their beliefs around the importance of eating organically when it comes to their health and well-being, that they want to support producers who demonstrate how they are conscious of the impact of their carbon footprint. They would speak of the importance of supporting local and wanting to leave the planet in the best shape possible for future generations, so they support businesses who match all of this. And I'll take it one step further. It's not just about knowing and sharing your why. But the primary motivator, that why, has to be one that makes you cry. I said it, the why that makes you cry. It's what keeps the fire burning in your belly. It's what gets you out of bed earlier than most with your feet running as soon as they hit the floor. It's the thing you do for free because you can't not do it. It's the reason you sometimes almost giggle and say, I can't believe I get to do this every day and get paid to do so. And all too often, the why that makes you cry is rooted in some defining moment in your life, some turning point that catapulted you in this direction. Now, 
When you apply this to attracting and keeping the best people, the same is true of why people choose to apply for a position with your company and why they do or do not stay, especially millennials and Gen Z. And don't forget that millennials will represent one in every two workers by the end of 2020. They're drawn to work under your leadership because of why you do what you do. Put another way, when you align emotionally with your team members, their connection is much stronger and more meaningful than any connection based on what your business produces. That's why knowing your why and being able to talk about it with your team is so important. I think of Sharon Prest. Sharon is the founder and president of Foundations for Learning Incorporated, a company dedicated to offering proven educational programs to young people who are struggling with reading and spelling, math and comprehension. When you ask Sharon what motivated her to start this business, she always goes back to her why And I promise you, it's a why that makes her cry. At the age of seven, Sharon's son Daniel couldn't read. Although he had a fantastic support team at his school, he was forced to repeat grade two, but even then, he was still having difficulties. As a parent, it hurt Sharon to witness his struggle, and it hurt even more to feel as though she wasn't able to help. So Sharon began searching for an alternative method to help her son, and she knew she had to look outside the traditional school system. This drive to find an answer led to a life-changing trip to California and a journey that resulted in Sharon dedicating the past 20-plus years to helping other children who were struggling. After being trained in a proven methodology and seeing the difference it made for Daniel, helping children who were challenged by the basics in school quickly became the why that literally makes her cry whenever she shares the story of what inspired her to start her now award-winning business. As Sharon tells the parents of the children she works with, when you feel upset and overwhelmed while watching your child struggle in school, know that I've been there too. I want to help you and ultimately help your child succeed. The why that makes her cry and everyone on her team has to have a similar desire when working with the kids. I think about Vonda and Keith Hazard, owners of Novelty, an amazing coffee shop and retail store. Vonda and Keith were both pastors before the desire for a new challenge led to the creation of Novelty. While they spend their days serving delicious specialty coffees and yummy treats, they'll be the first to tell you that they're not really in the business of coffee. Their lives have always been about being of service to others, of creating community, of cultivating spaces where people feel they belong, and of giving back in any way they can. This is who they are at their core. At one time in their lives, they did this through their ministry. Today, they just happen to be doing it over coffee and in a space whose energy whispers, come on in, you are welcomed, you belong here. Novelty is that place where people really do know your name and your favorite mug. It's home to countless solopreneurs who set up office in a corner of the cafe early in the morning so they can just be around the hum of activity while they tend to their business. It's where high school students gather at the end of the school day to share ideas and laugh and debate life's great questions. It's where patrons lounge in a corner chair, sip a mug of love and get lost in a favorite book. 
Fonda and Keith regularly host gatherings of artists, writers, musicians. They raise funds for countless causes for their community. They are kind, fair, engaged employers, and their employees stay because what novelty stands for is what they personally believe in and cherish, the why that makes them proud to say, I'm a part of the incredible team of humans that defines novelty. As for me, the why that makes me cry is all about empowering others to make choices and do things that make their hearts sing, that encourage them to confidently and enthusiastically bring their best and most creative offerings to the world. I want to be that person who is standing behind them and with them and for them. I have great parents. Growing up, I was one of five kids. My father worked a full-time job, and my parents were also full-time musicians. There were always there was always something commanding their attention and their time, you know, a gig, a concert, a radio show. There was always a television special, a recording session, playing backup for some big name artist who came to town, band practice, prepping for shows. You get the picture. So there wasn't a lot of extra time for anyone. I was always smart and skilled and accomplished any number of things. But as much as that was great, and rewarding, I always wondered what I was really capable of. I remember being inspired during the Olympic Games, watching the relationship between the athletes and their coaches. And I love behind-the-scenes movies of artists who had dedicated managers and agents who pushed them to be their best. My first real taste of this type of relationship was early in my career. I had an amazing mentor, Ralph Tucker, who believed in me at times when I couldn't see my own potential. It was one of the first times in my life when I felt what it felt like to have someone in my corner who really wanted me to be everything I could be. And I've never forgotten how it felt. I also had the gift of my oldest sister, who stood as my cheerleader-in-chief and encouraged me to go for it whenever I was about to take a big step forward. And often she was the only person at that moment who believed, but she really believed in me. So I work hard to do that for my clients and my students and, quite frankly, anyone who needs someone in their corner to recognize their potential and help to bring it to the light. That's the why that makes me cry. As leaders, as compassionate leaders, we need to know our why. If you're not sure what your why is, spend some time reflecting on the major milestones in your life and look for turning points or themes. Simon Sinek's workbook, Finding Your Why, is a great resource. And by following his process, you'll gain insight into your why. In fact, it was Sinek who I first heard talking about the idea that people don't care what you do. They care why you do it. I'll put a link to Simon's book in the show notes here. And I'd encourage you to check it out. And here's another angle. Consider this. In the North American marketplace right now, there's a significant shortage of skilled workers who are dependable and want to work. The conversation I'm having day after day with business leaders centers around how to find and attract good people and then how to keep them once you onboard them. I wish I had a magic wand I could wave or knew that one special ingredient in the secret sauce for employee recruitment and retention, but I don't. It's a layered and complex issue and will be a challenge in all industry sectors for the foreseeable future. What I can offer 
is a reminder that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. We all know that one, right? So if your recruitment and retention strategies have not changed in the last five plus years, listen up. As I mentioned earlier, more and more employees work for a company because of why the business does what it does, as long as it aligns with the employee's why. So highlight that. Talk about it on your website. Share it through your social media posts. Make it a theme in a staff meeting or on a staff retreat. Discuss it during your check-ins and stay interviews with your employees. And if you're wondering what a stay interview is, episode two of this podcast will give you the lowdown. Get your team members identifying and talking about their why. Ask interview candidates why they've chosen their field and why they want to work for your company. And dig for the real reasons, those drivers that get them out of bed in the morning excited to greet the day. Then share your why with them to see if there is a connection. Finding employees that are the right fit for your company and your team is based on knowing your why and their why. When you interview someone who has all the qualifications on paper, but you know that moment when you feel like they, you, you're just not feeling like they're the right fit, I bet it's because they have a different why. Hire them anyway, and I can almost guarantee you in three months or a year down the road, you'll be dealing with a bigger problem. Remember, your team members have to be the right cultural fit, and that starts with an alignment of your whys. Here's a cautionary part of this tale. Having spent decades working with business people, it's not uncommon to witness how someone can lose their spark over time. Spark is another way of describing your purpose, your cause, your core reason for being. And when you become disconnected from this, you're also disconnected from your why, which isn't good as it can lead to disenchantment and even burnout. If this has happened to you, it's critical to find your way back to your why and especially the why that makes you cry. If you're not nurturing and growing your business from a place of why, you can't expect your clients and your employees to make a why connection with you. Finally, there's a book called Markets of One by Chris Norton and Ross Honeywell. They present a theory of 21st century consumer behavior based on research spanning a decade, three continents, and a million people, and it's fascinating. In essence, their body of work points to the emergence of two dominant consumer groups in the marketplace, those they call traditionals and those known as NEOs, which stands for the New Economic Order. While traditionals represent approximately 52% of the population, they only account for 23% of discretionary spending. That means the lion's share of consumer spending is in the hands and pocketbooks of the NEOs, according to this research. Traditionals are those consumers who primarily focus on getting the best deal, making them less brand loyal as they hold tight to their purse strings. For them, the why is not as important as other key attractions, which are a combination of status, features, price, and deals. If the price is not right, they walk away and continue their hunt. Neos, on the other hand, are drawn in by the why, and they understand the why based on their experiences, ones they prefer to discover on their own and then share with their friends and colleagues. They appreciate product design, the aesthetic, innovativeness, and function of products, and are willing to pay a premium for these attributes. They earn more, spend more, 
and do more than traditionals. They despise conspicuous consumption and are highly motivated to express their own values and beliefs through what they buy, what they do, where they work, and who they do everything with. Neos are responsible, for example, for the rise of Apple, who continues to enjoy healthy sales even in the most difficult economic times. The big green egg people connected with Neos from the very beginning, as did Lululemon. And look where they are today. I believe we also have traditional employees and neo employees. Traditional employees, and I'm not talking about the traditionalists in the multi generational workplace sense. I'm talking about those employees, like the traditionals in this body of work, who are not loyal, who jump from one job to another based on which employer can offer them the most money, who always think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, and they're more likely to ghost an employer by not showing up for an interview not showing up for the first day of work, or leaving one day and just never coming back. No explanation, no reason, just gone. Neo-employees, on the other hand, are those who make career choices that align with their why and for whom company values and guiding principles and social, ethical, and environmental responsibility are primary factors when deciding whether or not to apply for a position. What I hear a lot of business owners hunger for is that neo-employee, and they're out there. You just need to make your company visible to them. For business leaders who are strongly connected with their why and who can in turn connect the dots to those neo-employees for whom the why is so important, they'll benefit from the support of this loyal, engaged, and important group of great employees. They're looking for authentic, compassionate leaders who are driven by a deeply seated purpose that reflects in every intentional decision they make and influences how they show up in the world. So what's your why? And is it important enough that it practically makes you want to cry? Okay, compassionate leaders, you saw this coming. Here's your take action challenge. Spend some time over the next two weeks thinking about, journaling about, talking about, and sharing about your why. And then tell us all about it on my Facebook page. It's Debbie Lawrence Public Figure. I'll be looking for your stories. Until next time, here's to giving ourselves permission to show up as open and fierce and compassionate leaders and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now.